Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist for Freedom of Faith. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Okay, good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host this evening for the Gifts of Freedom coming to you over www.blackhistoryblog.com. Also want to make you aware that these programs are available for free on iTunes at blackhistoryuniversity.com. Tonight we're going to talk about the National Racing League for African Americans started by a gentleman by the name of Charlie Wiggins. My guest tonight is historian John Wesley. And uh, he'll be joining us shortly. And um, also, if you want to read up on this, you can do that on Facebook. And uh, what you need to do is send a friend request to Leslie. That's L-E-S-L-E-Y-G-I-S-T. Leslie Gist. Send her a free uh, friend request and uh, there will be some information there outlining the uh, tonight's subject, which is the National Racing League for African Americans. It was founded by a gentleman by the name of Charlie Wiggins, and uh, he started a program called Gold and Glory Sweepstakes. <clears throat> really anxious to talk about that. I recall, as some of you may, uh, a movie not too long ago, uh, starring uh, Richard Pryor, that started a a black race car driver. Don't know if that has anything to do with Mr. Wiggins or not. And I believe that show was focused in uh, North Carolina. And uh, I believe it was stock car racing, which may be a little bit different than the racing that was started by Mr. Uh, Wiggins in terms of the National Racing League. So it might have been hot rod racing, drag racing, etc. But I'm sure that our guest will uh, bring us up to date on that. And again, if you want to join in this conversation or have a comment, you can do that at 347-324-5552. I understand that uh, Mr. Wiggins had to put up with a lot of bigotry, uh, particularly on the southern route, and it's as then as it is now, I would imagine that the southern states is where car racing was most popular, and of course that's where he would have to go in order to get his racing league established. Also, there was a history uh, with bootleggers, Gangsters, 
cetera. So at least I think John Dillinger might have been involved somehow or another, which should prove to be a very interesting story. And um, the Jazz Age, so we're probably talking the 30s and 40s, maybe the late 20s. And uh, again, uh, you get over to Facebook, if you're not already there, already a friend of Leslie Gist, our producer, L-E-S-L-E-Y-G-I-S-T. Send her friend request. She will respond, and you will see all her postings. Some very great, interesting postings relative to black history, and probably untold black history that so many of us long to know. And a lot of us, a lot of us missed in our public education experience. Uh, no matter what state you lived in, in these United States. And I want to remind you again that you can pick up these shows, programs, for free at iTunes, BlackHistoryUniversity.com. There you will find uh, all the show topics, the date and time that they were presented. And uh, if you have youngsters who are in school who need to catch up on their black history or do research or get ready for a paper, get ready for a test, etc., I would send them over to iTunes at www.blackhistoryuniversity.com. And for you adults that may want to. Hello? Yes. Yeah, this is John Walker, John Wesley Walker. I was calling to speak to uh, Leslie. I was a guest tonight. Yeah, John, you're on. We've been sitting here chatting. My name is Preston Washington. I'm the host uh, for our listening audience, our guest uh, historian. John Wesley, and you said John Walker. John Wesley Walker, yeah, yeah. Oh, John Wesley Walker. Yes, sir. So, John Wesley Walker, for all our young listeners out there that want to become a historian, what are they going to have to do? How did you come about becoming a historian? Well, maybe I should back up a little bit. Um, I'm not technically a historian. Uh, Well, I'm not a historian at all. I'm, I'm amateur uh, researcher, I, I've got uh, a law degree, but my profession is in sports, uh, sports marketing, international sports marketing, and the w- thing that we want to, uh, Leslie wanted to get into was the history of black stock car racing and uh, and my knowledge about that and then what's going on now to um, kind of get um, African Americans involved in sports to kind of um, bring um, that, that strong history that most people don't know about um, into the mainstream for organizations like NASCAR, Indy Racing, and to make it profitable for individuals and, and for the entities themselves. So I, I, I think that's um, that's kind of my forte. And So starting there then, uh, I understand that this uh, Mr. John Wiggins was very instrumental in starting the National Racing League for African Americans. 
And, yes, it uh, was. Tell us a little bit about that history. Um, the it's it's a it's a typical, unfortunately, a typical story um, that crosses sport, crosses academia, in just about any field of endeavor in, in the United States, where uh, African Americans were obviously um, um, not welcome, and they started their you know with their own abilities and their strengths and their intuition uh, in industry, they started their own leagues, organizations, firms. And in this case, uh, Mr. Wiggins started a, 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 a racing league in, in the 1920s um, in Indianapolis. It was based in Indianapolis and it was a tour that actually went through um, uh, parts of the Midwest. It went through Ohio uh, Michigan, um, and as far south, believe it or not, is Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, and it, 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 it obviously it came from a love of racing, but, you know, people like him and later on folks like Wendell Scott, who actually was, um, who did well in NASCAR in the 50s, 60s, and into the 70s, um, and most of those people who did did get a, a modicum of success or a lot of their their that uh, credit to people like um Mr. Wiggins and um the um Gold and Glory tour is uh, uh that's what it was called. Now was he a driver himself or did he support drivers and how did he get funding to start this circuit? He did both. He he was obviously a driver and um a little bit about him, he was orphaned at nine. It was just he and his father and his sisters, and he worked. Um, he uh, tried to, his family had a love of cars and automobiles, which, you know, during his infancy or when he was coming up, cars were really just literally being invented. But um, the concept of motoring had been around for a long time, so um as a young man, the family was moved um, to Indianapolis, um, and obviously with Indy being formerly the kind of the the hotbed of racing, that was the, the mecca of racing in the United States, it wasn't hard for him um, to kind of find ways to learn more about this, this business called racing, the love of racing, just the love of simply automobiles, and um, he didn't go to college, but he tried to uh, join um, the Army to go fight in World War One, but was actually literally turned down, believe it or not, because of his race. And he turned all of his uh, his interest at that point to supporting his family, supporting his sisters, and, and so on and so forth, but also into racing. And one way he got so uh, well-known that uh, he became, he got onto some of the bigger names that actually started they were racing in and around Indy, and, but he could never cross that barrier, actually getting on the track. And so mm -hmm. that was kind of the impetus to start the uh, the tour. How did you uh, how did you discover this story? Uh, and did you well, see the movie? Uh, you mentioned uh, Wendell Scott. And yes. I believe that was the movie that Richard Pryor started in a while back, back probably back in the 70s. Yeah, back and, in the 70s. Uh, was talking well, and that movie was based on Wendell Scott. For me personally, it's kind of a long story. Um, my, my family, my great-grandfather, Charles Walker, my grandfather, Charlie Walker, um, 
we were we're from South Carolina originally, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and my family um, bought and sold cars. But it was kind of the same same deal, the story over and over again, where we dealt within our own community. It, you know, it, uh, a lot of auto auto industry when they were first being sold would not sell to black families, and um, my family kind of found that um, that that invisible border between communities where, you know, we would have relationships with um, folks in South Carolina and we would find cars, folks that were looking for cars. And our family kind of got involved in, in the scene. And my father later on, after he got back from World War II um, and, and Korea, um, uh, he was going to school he eventually got his, his PhD, but also he kept on the, the love of cars. And, we got to know, he got to know, well, rather, I didn't, obviously. He got to know a lot of the guys who started NASCAR um, at that time who were prevalent in NASCAR, Junior Johnson, uh, Richard Petty, and because Spartanburg is right on the border of North and South Carolina. And so it's always, it's kind of been in everyone's genes, except my family was able to kind of profit from it and love it. And so the story of these, the gold and glory leaks, something that was passed down to me because, my father would, have, my grandfather would actually go to the races in Chattanooga. As I mentioned, that the tour actually—that's as far south as it went—and he came back with the idea of starting the same thing in South Carolina, and he called it the Southern um, Southern Motor League, and it got a nickname called the Smoke League. And so, guys would come every weekend at different tracks. Sometimes it was literally in a cornfield that was mowed in a, in a circle, and you have black race car drivers uh, racing, and they did this. Literally, I can remember going as a baby and, and watching this going. So it's it's uh, it's kind of in my blood, but it's, it's a history that's not well known. And me being in sports marketing, I've been in sports marketing for about 17 years. And um, Wendell Scott was always a hero of mine. And I just hated to see a sport that, that wants to expand in some levels, but not being able to expand to people who, Obviously, if we look deep enough into our gene pool, we'll find folks who have the natural ability and motivation to be successful, and that's what um, that, that's what we hope to do at, at some point. Great. So, are there any museums, any surviving pictures? Have you come across any uh, descendants? Not, of- not very, not very many. But the the uh, NASCAR, um, most of those things, unfortunately, have gone by the wayside. Every now and then. You'll find something. Uh, it was very interesting. It was very almost uh, coincidental. My brother-in-law, who's a filmmaker, he actually works for NASCAR and the NASCAR Films, and he did the most recent documentary. There's actually a lot more of a docudrama on Wendell Scott. It appeared on ESPN. It's actually nominated for um, for an Emmy uh, three years ago. And in in that, in working with him, we did come across a lot of of uh, artifacts, you might call them, um, modern-day modern, modern day artifacts. and But most of those have been commandeered by the NASCAR Museum, which is in Charlotte, right, in downtown Charlotte. And they have a big uh, display um, dedicated to Wendell Scott and is growing every day with things that they find as they go around because NASCAR really wants to um, um, expand. And because not only do they they want to do it because they want to make the, the, the sport better, but they also realize there's a market out there, and it is a business, just like Branch Rickey um, with Jackie Robinson. He was a a, a social um, progressive, but he also knew there was money to be made. And so there's 
more and more artifacts found, and you'll find most of those that have been found um, in Charlotte at the NASCAR Museum. Now, who are the, uh, the black drivers that are on the scene now? And I understand, uh, who's that former basketball player for North Carolina? There's a commentator um, on that car now. Yeah. Um, um, oh, goodness, if you just hadn't seen um Brad Doherty. Yeah, Brad yeah. Doherty. Oh, yeah, okay. Doherty, is, Doherty is actually a team owner, and he's also an analyst on ESPN and for NASCAR, and uh, he has a minority stake in one of the teams, and he's really been one of the spearhead, uh, spearheads at NASCAR to keep it going. It gets, it gets kind of lonely for him, I know, but he he was brought up, um, like I'm from Spartanburg, he's from Kings Mountain. Kings Mountain is right across the state line from us, uh, so that's maybe about 20 miles in I'm going to get a real country on you as a crow flies. <laughs> but uh, he's been around, and he's actually helping this, this, this. He's been one of the founders of the program that they have called um, uh, Diversity um, in NASCAR that um, unfortunately hasn't really produced a lot of drivers uh, as of yet. Um, so they're, they really are excited about it, but unfortunately um, – the thing about NASCAR specifically outside of Indy is NASCAR has the median age of all the uh, of the fans of NASCAR is 51.6 years of age, almost 52. And that is the oldest by far of, of, of any fan base of any sport in America. And they understand um, somewhat like, um, I don't want to get political, somewhat like what the Republican Party is going through right now where your base is getting older and older, and they know they have to expand. So they see this as not only opening up. They want to see what Tiger Woods did for golf. They want someone to be able to do for NASCAR. Okay. And so, and that's, that's the bottom line. Some of these uh, hot rod youngsters out here listening to us right now, they want to become drivers. How do they break in? What do you do? I mean, there's no high school or college or, you know, there's no circuit or is there a circuit? Well, there, there are circuits. They're, they're, in, they're in pockets um, around the country. Um, in the South, you will find them. Um, they, you know, they start kids out on on go-kart. Go-kart racing is huge. Um, you just have to go online. If you, if you Google go-kart racing in your area, you're, you're likely to find one. Uh, if you're in the Midwest, they're all over Indiana, Ohio, California. is flooded with them. And that's how these kids get started. In little go-kart racing, they have a small track that's maybe, you know, 30 yards, 40 yards by 40 yards. And they, they do drifting. I don't know if you've seen the um, um, the movies about Tokyo um, drifting racing. And you learn how to maneuver these cars that are pretty safe. And they're not going very fast, but it also it engenders a love for it. It finds out who's kind of cut out for that edge of the world kind of speed, which is obviously relative as you get older. Um, but there are a lot of opportunities. The only problem is it's, it's even at the smallest level, it's very expensive. It's and and that is that has been the problem because if you think of every other sport that we have that we've had a, that that African Americans have had a hard time breaking into, there's always been a parallel universe, so to speak. There's, for, for tennis, there was the, the leagues and associations that 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 produced Arthur Ashe um, for golf, with uh, golfers like Pete and so on and so forth. Going way back, there's always been leagues 
and let you in, there were people who were ready. Um, Jackie Robinson, obviously, there were, there were the Negro Leagues. But with because it's an individual sport, so much of the onus is on families and individuals. And because, you know, even for a small go-kart, it could be, you know, 10000 to buy one. You might be able to get one used for two or three, but it's the upkeep. You have to continually fix it, and families just don't have it. And, you know, there's that invisible barrier. You, are, you will often be the only one there. And so it, it, it takes a really family effort, not only financially, but in terms of emotionally and otherwise to support a young man or young woman who wants to kind of break in. So are there any conventions or conferences or on the local or national level that these youngsters could attend to get more information? I think it, the best thing to do is to, if you Google the Drive for Diversity uh, and NASCAR, they have a website and they list every um, every organization around the country that's more, that's not a feeder, that's too strong of a word, but it's an education or just a, a recreational outlet for people who might want to get involved in it. And the Drive for Diversity program, the NASCAR, that's put out there. We'll, we'll give you step by step. They'll let you. You can join their website. They'll they they will help you out in terms of um, pointing you in the right direction if you if you want that kind of thing. And that's probably the best place to start. And that that'll be more or less a clearinghouse that will help most people find what they want. Okay, so we will get back to uh, Mr. Wiggins, um, and uh, I was. Uh, Wondering about how he financed this, and I understand that he might have been involved with some some national gangsters back in the day. What was his story on that? Well, I'm I am not sure, but the, you know there was money that came from Chicago that funded a good bit of of his his races. And when you say Chicago, and you and you're talking about circa 1920s, 1930s, you're obviously talking about Al Capone and and his cronies. And so forth. So that's always been um, something that, um, that that uh, that people have assumed based on inferences. And but I, I don't doubt that to be true because if you look at um, the people who started or funded the uh, Golden Glory uh, racing um, were white businessmen out of Chicago, and they you know they saw. I don't want to you know, smirch Grant's Ricky because I respect him a lot of, in, in a lot of ways, but they saw the other side that there's a there's a parallel market out there and, you know, gangsters, or if you want to call them gangsters or, or their thing, whatever you want to label it as, always saw the kind of sub market, the underground market that, that other people weren't couldn't capitalize on or weren't willing to capitalize on. And so that that was that that was always been the talk. Uh, concerning Mr. Wiggins and the Golden Glory uh, uh, link, yeah. So if we wanted to find out more about uh, Mr. Wiggins and his circuit and other people of that era, where will we go? Are there any good books out there that um, we'll talk I, about those times? They're really, they're, the NPR has a long, and maybe you've gotten most of your information um, from uh, their site, but NPR has a really nice write-up about Wiggins and and the and the league, um, the association that they had there. But in terms of an actual book, there are a couple. They really escape me right now, but I'm pretty sure you can.
could you could easily find them. But there hasn't been a lot of academic study done in this area. Um, they've been included uh, in history of motorsports to a degree, but it's often been in in, in passing and in, in mentioning um, in terms of being a in terms of being a a, a seminal piece of literature out there uh, on the history of African Americans and, and minorities in racing, there really hasn't been any. Um, there may, if they, if they have been, I have not. I have not come across them. Okay, you mentioned earlier uh, a docudrama, and uh, is that the one that's narrated by Ossie Davis? No, that 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 was from that was actually earlier, and that was actually done um, quite a while ago. I think that's the one that NPR talked about, but. The um, the one that um, that Kenan, my my, my brother-in-law, is is uh, his name is Kenan Holly, and uh, he did the docudrama for ESPN, and it was the I think the Wendell Scott story, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but it, it's on it's on their website. Um, it did Wendell Scott a race story, and so it's kind of play on words. Um, uh-huh. And it's very, very, very good. It, it, I mean, not just because he's my brother-in-law, but we have the kind of relationship. If it wasn't good, we tell each other very quickly. But his story was it, it was on ESPN. It ran for uh, about a, about six to nine months continuously, and that's, it still comes on occasionally. But um, it, it was done uh, in 2012, I think, uh, now, and it's a very good story. It actually has actors who actually you know, play out some of the scenes as as dictated to him by the Wendell uh, by Wendell Scott's family because this you know unfortunately so much of his legacy was kind of left on the cutting room floor and never to be seen again in terms of footage and in terms of pictures. So he had the idea to have a a drama, I mean a documentary, but also have have actors in it. Um, and it, it's a very good story. It's probably the the best individual story that, that's been done on on a um a black race car driver obviously he's he's the best and most well-known and most accomplished but he's the only one who actually ever won um a sanctioned race either by indy or by nascar in the history of america and he won 1963 in jacksonville unfortunately uh wendell scott didn't get even though he won in 1963 he didn't even get the trophy uh, I don't think until I think it was like 2000. They refused to recognize him as a as the winner. Um, so that was a that's kind of one of the story arcs in the documentary um, by Kenneth. And that's called the Wendell Scott Race Story. Wendell Scott, uh, a race story. Yes. Okay. And uh, John Walker, how can we support your mission? What's your contact information? Do you have a website? Uh, well, right now, what we're doing is we're seeking sponsorship for um, uh, for the Drive for Diversity program and to start a a, a circuit ourselves. Right now, we're we're basically working. Um, we're presenting NASCAR with options, and we're seeking basically larger sponsorships. And we uh, we're waiting to get the kind of the go ahead. It's been a long, hard journey. We've got some sponsorships in mind. Um, we at, at this point, if we're doing it solely through corporate sponsorship. Um, I, I wish there was a way to to let listeners um, call in and give us support 
and and at some point we will have a website and we'll have uh, an ability to sign up. But right now we're doing solely through um, our, our marketing contacts and and corporate America, so that we can kind of make sure that we have money in the bank, so to speak, and then bring it bring it to uh, bring it to people. So when we do that, we'll, we'll you guys will be one of the first. We'll let know, and um, we look forward to your support at that point. Okay, um, here in the uh, got an email that there are some uh, uh, very wonderful photos on the internet relative mm-hmm. to black racing. Do you know the source of those photos? Um, I haven't seen the photos. Um, do you know where they where they came from? Or no, someone just sent me an email saying that there were some wonderful photos on the internet. Oh, there, there, there really are. There's still, there's still some good photos of, of Wendell Scott. There's some good, good photos of, of of Wiggins. There's some uh, racing photos that that really um, that show. You know, obviously we were there. I mean, there's there's a documented history in terms of of that these things uh, occurred. But you can find them. Um, like I, if you go to the NASCAR museum uh, online, some of, of them are there. Um, if you Google anything having to do with Wendell Scott, or, or, or there's even something called a uh, uh, a black racing association that came into being in the 1970s. Unfortunately, it only lasted until, I think, 1979. And they have a, I don't think they have a website, but they there's a lot of information and they show, have a lot of photos there. So if, if, if you know, if you're really interested and want to, very excited. It's a very exciting career that you have there. And I know you mentioned that you got involved. Uh, your grandfather was involved. Your father was involved. Yeah. After he came back from World War II. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're also an attorney or yeah. studied law, have a law degree. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, talk to our youngsters out there. What is it? What kind of grit did you have to go to law school and continue with your family legacy and and what now? What does it take to do that? Well, I think you know my wife, um, who is is my shining star, who who lead, who, who outside of my parents, obviously, were my first role models. Um, I think the best thing you can do is, first of all, we all at six or seven or eight or nine, we all want to be something big. All of us. All of us. But I think it's vital that we associate ourselves with people, and this is a, this is often a, at some point a conscious thing for a young man or young woman, a young child or whatever, because you're going to have moments in time when you feel a little bit defeated, when you feel sometimes you're being pushed to the side or the world is against you. We, we, we all have that, but I think if you have people around you, if you choose wisely your friends who want the same things you want at that age, when they're going and achieving and you feel like you're slipping a little bit and your friends are there, they'll either pick you up or you'll want to keep up or both. And to me, you know, you know, a lot of my friends didn't have mothers and fathers. They had one or the other. But in our group, we always encourage each other, Not sometimes not only by word and mouth, but by us achieving. 
And it's not easy because I failed at a lot of things. But if you have people around you, family, but also very important, your friends, I, I think that'll that'll put you through. But you have to have a plan because the world is waiting to, uh, whether you're black or white, the world is waiting at, at some point to, to see you fall. And you're going to fall. It's just your friends and your family's going to be there and allow them to pick you up. That's that's the most important thing. Great. Uh, for people just joining us, my name is Preston Washington. I'm your host here on the Gist of Freedom. My guest is John Wesley Walker. Our subject has been the National Racing League for African Americans, followed by uh, founded by Charlie Wiggins, who established the Gold and Glory Sweepstakes and went across the country uh, on the African American racing circuit and uh and i want to thank our guest john wesley walker yes sir joining us tonight uh here on the kiss of freedom i want you to come back keep us abreast of your progress um you might want to send a friend request to uh leslie gift l-e-s-l-e-y-g-i-p uh, so you can keep abreast of what she's doing and keep her informed of what you're doing, and maybe we can get you back here and when you get your uh, foundation established for uh, subscriptions and whatnot, we can put that out and see if we can also help you get some of these youngsters uh, involved in this program. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. John Wesley Walker. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Again, my name is Preston Washington. Uh, keep in mind that you can, uh, these programs are available at iTunes, blackhistoryuniversity.com. And they are there for you for free. Don't forget to send Leslie a friend request on Facebook, L-E-S-L-E-Y-G-I-S-T. Uh, if you want to keep up with black history. Good night, everybody.